Welcome back to our own defense podcast. We're your host, Dr. Tarver, and myself, Attorney Eddie Winters. And, and today we have an amazing guest, Ms. Lauren Jiwa. She is a, a, a licensed uh, a clinical social worker, and she, she has a wide variety of experience. But today she's here to help us with avoiding assumption and minimizing uh, misunderstanding. So uh, the, the, the next question that I'd like to ask you about is, I like to, you know, I think we should be strategic in our nature uh, as we combine our energies and forces together in relationship. People should, um, you know, check out the people's family. And, and do you think that uh, studying a partner's fam familial dynamics, their family history, whether it's, you know, illnesses and ailments or whether or not they have, uh, you know, the cousin they sit on the porch and, and just let them kind of roam or... Uh, does their mom and dad or the mom and dad together or they cheating or I mean, all of you look at, I got 18 half brothers and 14 half sisters and mm -hmm. you know are those those relationships the family design I know uh, you're not condemned to repeat what your family did and I know we're part environment and part uh, genetics but but is that a reason and rational approach to understanding someone deeper by studying their family kind of dynamics? Um, definitely. We are creatures of habit. We're more likely to continue a cycle than break it. And so I definitely think it's important to see if there are red flags in a relationship. Um, again, if, if as things are growing and you two are sharing and being vulnerable, it, you could Say your partner says, yeah, my dad, you know, I saw him a couple times during the year. I have 20 siblings. Um, if you see certain things, certain habits, it is important to address it. Um, you may need to seek help. You may need to, again, talk about boundaries. It's really based off whatever you see, right? Um, but again, we are more likely to continue a cycle than to break it. But it is important for us to not really judge the person from how they were raised because we all have free will and so I think the real important question is when you are dating to ask you know if, if I hear that you had a traumatic background or traumatic upbringing it's important for me to ask well how have you healed from that or how are, are you healing if you're currently in therapy because I can tell you my story we love to tell the story I love it's easy for me to tell the story about how I was hurt than actually do the work to heal so it's really important like wow, you had a, you know, a rough childhood, thrown out at 13 and living on the streets. And look at you now, you, you have a business, you have this, this and that. How did you heal from that? What supports did you have? You know, and allow that person to share. Actually, I'm still healing from it. I'm in therapy, you know, or I haven't. Then you can follow that up with, well, do you think you should probably talk to someone about that? Because I'm pretty sure that can, you know, impact you and, and will impact you if it hasn't already. You know, how are they breaking these generational curses? And so that's something important to ask. That's something I ask, which is funny because um, <laughs> I've often asked, like, how is it dating as a therapist? And it's like, well, I'm a really good listener. So you know, when people talk, they think I'm assessing it. I naturally do, but it's like, no, I'm just listening. But I ask those questions because I need to know what I'm getting into. It's important for me to know that. And again, being vulnerable, being honest, those are things that are the foundation of a healthy relationship. So yes, it's important to look at where people come from, but what are they presenting to you? And asking them, how have you healed? Or how are you healing? 
and how are you, you know, ending these generational curses? That's fantastic. That, that's a question that everybody needs to hear again. Ask the question, how did you heal from that? How have you mm -hmm. grown from that? Mm -hmm. And if you, you cannot respond that I've healed from this, blah, 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 then you need to be Hello? wary of that. <laughs> Don't be afraid to ask that question. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I like that. Again, I'm very big on efficiency. I don't like to waste time and I need to know what's going on. And again, it's not about perfection because we, there's always ways, you know, there's always things to work on. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. And so again, if someone's in treatment, it, again, congratulate that because I know that some, it's something I cannot handle on my own. Or I went to, went to therapy and processed my abandonment issues and I'm ready for a healthy relationship. Those are things to really ask in the beginning so that you don't, waste your time so that you can get what you actually deserve. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Tarver. Um, so I want to kind of stay in this place for uh, a second here. Um, because I think a lot of times people don't understand what exactly to be looking for in that mm -hmm. family dynamics piece or what are my dynamics. Mm -hmm. What I do in my family is normal to me. Mm -hmm. I may not even be aware that what I'm doing is unhealthy. So what, what are some things people do need to be aware of in ourselves and in, in other people? What are some mm -hmm. of the patterns that we may actually need to take a closer look at? Mm -hmm. uh, definitely communication styles. Uh, are people passive aggressive? Um, definitely boundaries. Again, if your mom is always calling you and not really honoring your new household, that's an issue. So, I mean, there aren't just anything that just doesn't feel right. Like if you have to think about it, that's probably something to address. I'd rather over communication than nothing at all. So it's like, oh, you know, does, does your mom always talk to you like that? Or do you always talk to your mom like that? Or what's up between you and, and, and your uncle? What's going on? You know, I noticed some tension. We're, we're more likely to see certain things because we're not in the, in the family. But again, what are the boundaries? People just popping up to the house, whatever. Like certain things that just may rub you the wrong way. Again, everybody has a different set of boundaries. So it is subjective. But again, how do people communicate? How do people show love? How do people disagree? You know, is it always the cops being called? That is something to look at, right? And so... Um, it really is just to think about, again, what are your standards and, and do you see that reflected in your partner's family? If not, how can you break that, that curse? You know, I totally, you know, your parents been together for 35 years. They clearly hate each other, but they just stay because it's just cheaper to stay in this house. I don't want to live like that. Do you want to live like that? You know, and it, it should spark some type of conversation, but anything that you feel like Mm, ah, that's weird. You know, bring it up. And the whole point is, is to, again, communicate in an effective way. And, and I think a lot of times people either don't communicate or the delivery is off. So it comes out as judgmental. And then the other person puts up a wall. I can't trust you or you're judging my family. So again, it's about thinking, how can I communicate certain things that I see that make me uncomfortable? You know, really make me uncomfortable seeing, you know, you and your dad argue you know, what's up with that? You know, usually people just agree to disagree or just go to a different room. You guys really were going at it. What's happening between you two? 
And again, for the other person, it's important to be vulnerable and sharing. You know, my dad really wasn't there. He showed up when, you know, I was 18, but <laughs> the work was done. And now he's trying to, you know, be that father figure that I didn't, you know, I needed that when I was five, not at 18 and 20 years old. So again, it's about being open to those conversations and being open to have those conversations. And so again, anything that just kind of feels off, it probably is. And just address that. That's a good way to look at it as opposed to, I think, having that, that laundry list of things <laughs> that we're going down. Mm -hmm. Like, let me look at what makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. so if I do, if I see an interaction between you and your family members and something about it, just we get those feelings maybe in our stomach or um, uh, we just um, kind of like, oh, okay, uh, then we need to listen to that feeling and mm -hmm. that. Like, I'm not sure what these dynamics are, but they made me uncomfortable. Can we talk about them? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Trust yeah. your gut. You know, I say to patients, I say to my staff, I say to everyone, intuition kept our ancestors alive. So if something feels off, say something, because something is off. And it could just be like, it may not be between you and your partner. It might just be like, okay, I see how your family gets down. You're not like that, but we have to limit how much we visit because I can't tolerate that. That's a conversation and that's a boundary. So again, trust your gut because again, our ancestors, there was no internet. There was no none of that. It was, I had to trust my gut. I had to trust my intuition and lead with that. Tony Winters? Well, there's a, um, there's a question that kind of comes along with, with all of these dynamics of relationship, Ms. Um, Jiwa. There, there's a... Um, there's a website, that, that's what I've been looking at. I, I, I didn't want to miss it. Um, I didn't want to put a lot of energy into it, but I think it's important to have mm -hmm. this conversation. There's this uh, thing called Progressive underscore Love Academy. Uh, uh, Progressive Love Academy would have missed Kenya K. Stevens or whatever. Uh, and I didn't send you this uh, beforehand, but apparently she there is a, she's a lady who's married to two men. Uh, mm -hmm. Or, or something, she has a first husband or second husband, uh, as it were. And I'm saying there was a TV show mm -hmm. uh, where, I don't know, the sister wives or something where a man uh, had his, had a relationship and then he had it brought another woman and they had both, they seemed to both enjoy mm -hmm. it, uh, different aspects. One said that, uh, you know, she enjoyed having <laughs> having the other partner there to help her with the kids and mm -hmm. all of this. And that was a TV show. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like us to discuss this polyamory. And if you know what I'm saying, the word correctly, uh, mm -hmm. that misperception of polyam uh, polyamory mm -hmm. uh, is an excuse to cheat on a significant other. Can you describe polyamory or discuss the factors that people should Absolutely. consider before they enter in that kind of dynamic? Yes. Yeah. So I wrote it down specifically for this, right? Like how, like what, is polyamory um, is basically it's just engaging in multiple sexual relationships with consenting adults, right? With everyone having consent. So again, polyamory, everybody is on the same page and there's nothing wrong liking what, what you like. Again, assess why you're doing it. Am I doing this because I want to keep my partner and make him happy or make her happy? Or is this, you know what, this is actually what I really want. I like those dynamics. So it's really important to think about why you want to be in a polyamorous relationship. 
um, as well as, again, communication is of the relationships I've treated that they were in a polyamorous relationship. Communication, I mean, was paramount. And that wasn't even the issue that they had. <laughs> but, you know, like communicating, uh, again, having that consent, having boundaries, right? Um, you know, being safe sexually. Um, or again, what are the boundaries? We're trying to have children. Okay, fine. You know, but again, it is important to have those conversations so that everybody's on the same page. You know, I, I'm not really for that. You know what? Let me start wrapping this up so you can get what you need and I can get what I need. But there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Again, it's consenting adults. So when we talk about, again, you know, if you're, if you're lying, cheating, you're hurting someone, clearly that is not love and that's not healthy. But again, if everybody is a part of the conversation and we're communicating, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to be at this house Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm going to be at that house Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, whatever. You know, like it's really important for us to have that. So again, if that is what you want, communicate with your partner. If they don't want it, set them free and find what you want. If it is what you want, again, what are the boundaries? Uh, some couples I've seen, like, I don't want to hear anything about the other person. I just know that you're over there everybody's on the same page, that's fine. Some, in, some families or some couples, they all live together. But again, everybody is aware of what's going on. So again, if that is your cup of tea, there's nothing wrong with that. Be safe, right? Have boundaries and communicate. Those are some good, I think, um, things for people to consider. I know there is this misperception that polyamory is, um, yeah, I just get to go and have multiple partners. and. Mm -hmm. and um, not have to communicate any dynamics. And um, there is a, a guidebook out there, The Ethical Slut. Um, uh, <laughs> I love uh, which, which sounds like it would not necessarily be uh, what we are addressing, but it absolutely is a, an ethical guideline um, mm -hmm. to having these open relationships. So polyamory um, and other types of, of relationships, if people feel like they have this abundance of love and they want to be in a lot of open loving relationships mm -hmm. so and not feel like they're limited to one person simply because that is what's more maybe more acceptable to some people mm -hmm. um, but that they find other opportunities to love people in the way that they want to be loved and there's mm -hmm. that be shame that should not be um you know made to feel like it's some some outlier and there's something wrong and you need to go get some help mm -hmm. um, simply how you express your connection and intimacy to other people and mm -hmm. said we need to be able to communicate about that um and there is that perception that there's not there's a lot of communication <laughs> that, a lot of communication uh, and boundaries yes absolutely mm -hmm. to have relationships that are involving multiple people because we already know how this communication can happen with two people mm -hmm. uh, we then have multiple partners how that could be really complicated if we're not open in, mm -hmm. in our expectations and our guidelines about how we're going to date other people, who we're going to date. Um, and those conversations are had prior to, um, as opposed to afterwards. Um, so that, that is the key. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to apologize later. Like, oh, my bad, but I started. Not polyamorous when you, you know, are married right. and whatever. It, it's cheating. So, it, again, it's what are my, what is the person's intention? And a yeah. lot of people don't talk about boundaries 
and the goal of this relationship. I mean, I meet with a lot of married people. And again, what's, what's the goal of this marriage? And nobody has an answer. But what are your boundaries? We never talked about that. And I'm like, what? You know, so again, it really have those conversations as soon as possible. Get the awkwardness out because again, in the long run, it's going to blow up in your face. So why just let us have this conversation? If it's not a good fit, let's move on. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, we, we, the, the title of this actually is dealing with <laughs> understandings. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a good segue into us beginning to unpackage some of those things as well. How we having these misunderstandings in relationships and leads to them. And, you know, part of it we've uh, kind of touched on, which is that we're not communicating very clearly about what our, um, our, our, our desires are. Mm -hmm. um, but, but then also when something happens, then we're not addressing that. We're avoiding it. Um, mm -hmm. I want to, uh, attorney Winters has a, a, a question, um, uh, about, um, the kind of cycles we get into. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other challenges that can come along with these misunderstandings, uh, attorney Winters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Lauren, when the misunderstandings, I feel they're easy, they're, they're, they're really easy to get into uh, misunderstanding of partner's priorities and perspective, uh, especially when we're quicker to get upset and slower to communicate directly. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is oftentimes to me is that we find ourselves in these miscommunications cycles and we start, they start feeding off each other. You're upset about one thing, it leads over to another thing. You're not fighting fear, you're not discussing things, you're attacking uh, partner, and words are dangerous, and they're really, really dangerous. And when you do that, how do couples that get caught in that negative communication cycle, what are some strategies to help them break that, that cycle? What are some tools that you would suggest or offer that our listeners could use? Hey, look, break it right now. <laughs> Start fresh. Like, how do you, how, what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, first, disagreements are natural. We're not always going to see things eye to eye. So that's the first thing right? Definitely commit to having a face-to-face -face or over-the-phone conversation. So that's, that's that, right? But um, what I often give my couples, uh, it's a printout, you can Google it, fair fighting rules. And again, it really, we, we can have a disagreement. It's really not even necessarily the message that throws everything, you know, into chaos. It's really our delivery or what we're doing that takes it from, you forgot to pick up the kids from soccer to I want a divorce. Like what happened? You know, like what happened? And so again, take a break. I'm upset, take a break. That means don't follow the other person into the room. You know, I need a break. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm gonna go in the room. I'm gonna go take a drive. I'm gonna take a walk, take a break. And again, return to what, you know, once you return, definitely commit to being effective and clear. Stay on topic. So if we're talking about not, forgetting to pick up the kids after I told you 25 times from soccer, right? I should not be bringing up what happened, you know, 15 years ago. No, <laughs> stay on task, right? Um, again, keep it on the eye. Once we, you know, I felt like this. It hurt my feelings when you did blah. It's important for us to be mindful of also of our words. Again, we cannot be controlled by anyone. We are ourselves. So again, no one can make you feel anything. They might be a catalyst, right? Their words and actions might be a catalyst to how you may feel, but you're ultimately responsible for that. 
And so that's the whole point. You can't control anyone. And so again, it really hurt my feelings when, you know, clearly I don't think you were listening when I asked you to do this 25 times and you still forgot, you know, what is going on? I really felt uh, dismissed and I didn't feel like you really cared. Uh, you know, help me understand that. And so that's the whole point um, is to take a break. Cause I know when I get upset, I need a break cause I will go off. So I know I need to get the facts, right? What happened? I, I told you these things. I text you, I left you a voice message and you still forgot what else is happening. So again, it's really about the delivery and also just providing ourselves some space to cool down before we blow up. Because again, talking about what something happened 15, 20 years ago has nothing to do with right now. And so uh, again, you can Google that fair fighting rules and you'll see, it'll say stay on task. Um, again, seek, you know, hopefully in the same room or over the phone, make eye contact, all of those things, keep it on the eye. And again, our feelings are valid, but they are not fact. I could feel it's raining outside, <laughs> but what is fact? It's sunny. So again, it, you know, it's important to validate your partner's feelings. But again, you could say, you know, what is actually, what was the facts, you know, and that's the whole point. And so I just hope that people, again, no one can make you feel anything. I am in control of my feelings. Because if you say you made me feel, then you're, you know, that person's your puppet master. That's basically what you're saying. You know, my, my emotions are based off what you do. That's not accurate, right? And so it's important for us to kind of take accountability for that. But again, take a break, come back with the facts, keep it on the eye. And then again, how, how can we get better at our communication? And if it continues to happen, if it's a cycle, like you said, seek outside help. That's really important because why do every month we're in the same kind of situation? What is happening? It could be internal things. It could be factors in the home. We don't know that. So definitely try your best to resolve it. But if you keep getting to that place and just never really being successful in communicating effectively, definitely seek outside treatment. Thank you very much, Dr. Um, this is a This is a good, I think, uh, segue into my question. This, this, this hurting, right? We hurt each other. We don't always intentionally hurt each other. Mm -hmm. um, words are very powerful and they can build somebody up and they can tear them down just as quick. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just want to lasso those words back in your mouth, but they're mm -hmm. out there and now I have to deal with the consequences of what I said. Um, and, and sometimes a person isn't in that space yet. They need, right, they may need that time to be able to just process what they are feeling about um, what I said. And so we struggle, I think, sometimes with one, how to apologize to people. Um, and then two, what is, what is an effective strategy for um, being able to deal with the hurt? Because the pain is there, even, even when I say, I apologize. Um, my my actions still hurt you. My words still hurt you. Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we live in that space of dealing with the pain? We we tend to want to be avoidant and dismissive, like okay, maybe it'll go away. We talk about it. It'll just you know in a few days I'll check in on this person. But um, you know how do how do we deal with with um, these hurts? And then how do we work on forgiveness? Mm -hmm. So how do we work on the hurts? It's really just putting it out there. You hurt me when you said blah it really hurt my feelings when you said that it really hurt my feelings when you did this 
and how can we get back on track? That's the first way to go about it. Again, it's really important, and I often say it again, make and provide space. So I use the example, um, it'll be, you know, if my boss gives me a, a task to do, it'll be really fantastic and sweet and kind for her to provide space. Hey, Lauren, do you understand what I'm asking you to do? But it's ultimately my responsibility to make space. So if she doesn't, if she just throws out, I need this report and then walks away, it's still my duty to make space for myself. Actually, is this how you want it? Actually, no, I don't understand. Can you explain it to me again? So, you know, if we want to heal from it, it's, a, it's important for us to make space for ourselves. It'll be great if our partner can come to us, you know, I, I totally messed up, I'm so sorry. They may or may not have insight. So it's still our duty to speak up. And that's the first part. So again, depending on what it was, depending on, again, where you are in your emotional journey, you may need to seek outside uh, treatment to either work on things uh, individually or as a couple to heal from the hurt, right? But again, it really is important for us to think about that, right? It's really important for us to make space for ourselves so that we can heal, because this is your life. Because resentment is one of the useless <laughs> emotions ever. You're ruminating and stewing on something. That person moved on from it. They probably don't even remember what they said or did. So again, forgiveness is for us. Forgiveness, it really is seeing things for what it is. And you know what, I'm going, you know, he does not communicate effectively or he doesn't communicate at all. How can I work on this? Let me present that. We definitely have to talk to someone because you don't communicate. If they don't choose to do that, what do I do with that? Do I stay or do I leave? If they do work on it, okay, great. You're making efforts because again, we want to make this work. So again, it's about committing to change or, you know, or we are content with chaos. It's one or the other. You cannot commit to change and be content with chaos. You cannot be chaotic and, and, and be committed to change. Like it's just, you, it's one or the other. So again, it's up to you to make your space. You can't rely on someone else to provide space, but it is important for our partner to provide space. It's something important for a relationship. It's still up to us to speak up to share that and then it's up to us to be committed to healing. This person really said something horrible to me um, out of anger. Is it something that egregious that I need to end it or is that something that we can work on? When you get upset, you say horrible things to me. I can't tolerate this anymore. I'm leaving. I can't tolerate this. We have to talk to someone. And again, does that person want to do it? Are they committed to change? If they're not, I don't see a problem. You'll, you're fine. Get over it. Is that someone that you want to be with anyway? So again, there's a lot of internal work and there's a lot of individual work uh, that you can do. But again, because we're in a partnership, it's important for us to be on the same page so that we can heal and move on from that. No, that's, uh, those are great uh, tools to put in our toolkits to, to break the cycle, that negativity cycle that we, uh, we may find ourselves in and great strategies to manage that conflict uh, and both kind of go together. I want us to take a small break and we'll come right back. But uh, you're, you're listening and watching uh, in our own defense podcast, avoiding assumptions and uh, minimizing misunderstandings. Uh, today we have the pleasure and the privilege of having our great guests here, uh, Ms. Lauren uh, Jiwa, and Jiwa, and she is a uh, licensed clinical social worker and she's helping Dr. Tarver and I unpack this. We'll be right back in a moment. So stay tuned in our own defense podcast. Thank you. <laughs> 